However you got here, you're currently listening to the Perry Hall Family Worship Center podcast. Thanks for giving us a chance. If today's message speaks to you, encourages you, or just leaves you with questions, you can reach out to us at connect at perryhall.life. I'm glad you're here. So many of you show up faithfully week after week, and I appreciate it. Uh, I'm happy about it selfishly because I get to see a lot of people that I really love and enjoy, some of my favorite people, mostly Neil. Um, I'm glad you're here, Neil, week after week. Also today, I can tell you that my favorite Corelli is here. They know who they are. I don't need to say their name. They get it. But so many of you here week after week, there's so many faithful attendees in this church and churches all around this town, all around this country, all over the world. And I wonder sometimes if we stop and ask ourselves why we're here. If this is your first time, why did you show up? If you've been here for 20 years since it was meeting in their basement, why are you here? What did you show up for? What brings you here? Are you here because you're inspired to be here? Are you here out of guilt or obligation? I've done that. Are you here to serve others? Are you here out of curiosity? And if you are, if you're curious about God and what a relationship with him looks like, please know that the end of service, we'll have a prayer team on my left and right. They would love more than anything to explain that to you, to pray with you, to introduce you to God in a relationship with him. Some people come out of just pure skepticism. They don't get it and they want to see what it's about. Wherever you're here, I'm glad you're here. Many people are here today because they already believe in God. They already have a relationship with God. So you don't have to respond, but I would ask you today, do you believe in God? Do you believe he's all-powerful? Do you believe he's all-knowing? Is he the creator of everything? Do you believe that God actually turned water into wine, brought down the walls of Jericho, made the sun stand still, and even raised Lazarus from the dead? Did he part the Red Sea? So you believe in God, and that's a great Great start. Every relationship with God, every faith begins with believing in him. James 2.19 says, you believe there is one God, good. Even demons believe that and shudder. If you believe in God, that is an incredible place to start. But do you believe God? There's a difference. You can believe in God and not believe God. There are Christians who don't believe God about everything. They struggle I've been there. Do you believe in God, but do you believe God? Do you take him at his word? Do you believe he loves you and has good intentions for you? Do you believe that God can and wants to change your life? That's a sticking point for me today. That is what we're here for. I want to talk about that. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future Listen to this part. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God has plans. John three sixteen. you hear it here a lot, but it's important. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I want to try something. I want to read the first part of that verse, the for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. But I want you to replace the world with the word me. Say this with me. For God so loved me that he gave his one and only son. Let's say it all together. For God so loved me that he gave his one and only son. Church, God loves you. He loves you individually. He has good intentions for you. Those words in Jeremiah were not written specifically to us, but that's the same God that we serve. 
It's the same God that we know. Just like he had good intentions then, he has good intentions for you now. And he wants to change your life. There's a Max Licato book called Just Like Jesus where he said, God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to be just like Jesus. He wants to change your life. Many of us believe in God. And we have no problem believing in all the miracles of the Bible, but that's the sticking point. We find it difficult to believe that he is concerned with us. We think we're too broken, too sinful, or just insignificant. And God is busy with the big picture and the important things. But you need to hear me today. God loves you. He loves you, Janet. He loves you, Mary. Individually, more than you could ever know. And when we think that way, when we think that we're too insignificant, that we're too beyond God's reach, that he can part seas, but he can't change me, it's kind of an insult, isn't it? We're setting our own human limits on God's power, and we're insulting his character. Pastor Dom, I've heard him call it stinking thinking, and I agree. I need you to know today, if you know nothing else, there's nothing more important to God than you. I don't mean this building. I don't mean when we gather. I mean when you leave here, when you go home, when you're on your own completely, there is nothing that has his attention more than you do. Nothing in this world. Miracles are incredible. But I always think the main purpose in the miracles is to point us towards him, to po- towards a relationship with him, to teach us who he is. And there's so much other meaning in the miracles if we bother to search for it. Many of you know when Jesus turned water into wine at the wedding, one of his first recorded, his first recorded miracle, it wasn't just any wine, it was the best wine of the night. Tradition would have it at that time that they would save the worst wine for the end of the night, because honestly, everyone had already had too much, and why bother, why spend the money? But what this teaches us about God is he doesn't make anything but the best, and he made you. God tore down the walls of Jericho. We learn from that that he fights our battles. He goes before us. He does the things that we can't do, the things that seem impossible. In the Old Testament, God made the sun stand still and the moon stand still. He listens to us. He knows what we need. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, we learn that he has power over life and death. Do you believe that today? And the death and resurrection of Jesus is proof that God loves you individually, as a whole, all by yourself. Matthew 18, 12 says, what do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? In a world of nearly 8 billion souls, he loves you and he would have gone to the cross if it was just for you. Yet we struggle with the idea that he can change our life, that he can fix our brokenness, that he can help us rid ourselves of the habits that hurt us. We hit a bunch of miracles all at once. I want to focus on a couple here today. Talked about the walls of Jericho Jericho coming down, and Joshua 6, 1 through 5 says this. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Right there, I want you to see he's speaking in past tense. I have done this. I've already done it. I've taken care of it. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. 
have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a, sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, and the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up, everyone straight in. First of all, I can't believe I'm talking about the scripture because my entire life I've had to have people saying Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and put up with that. But here we are looking at the battle of Jericho. God's people are facing a seemingly impossible situation. And those instructions, there's a lot in those instructions. But the main thing I want you to take away from it is obedience. They have to follow the instructions. God has a way for us to do things. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through others and his Holy Spirit. But when he tells you to do something, do it his way. They didn't deviate. And though it seems impossible, if you jump down to verse 20, it says this. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted at the sound of the trumpet. When the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. God fights your battles and he wants you to be victorious. If you believe this, then you have to believe that your struggle, whatever it is, is not your own. You're not by yourself in this. God wants to fight your battles with you. He wants to lead you through it. Whatever you're dealing with today. Joshua could have tried to do things his own way and completely failed. He could have. He had to be obedient. In Exodus 3, starting in verse 1, we read this. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight while the bush does not burn up. I'll be honest, I think I would have ran the other direction. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. I had to say that really fast in case I messed them up. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh. Bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. There's no way I could cover everything that we could take out of that passage today. The things I want to hit on here are God wants to speak with you. He'll go out of his way to get your attention. But do you want to speak with him? And more importantly, do you listen? It's difficult to sit and listen for the voice of God. It's difficult to search his word and look for it. Look for it in conversations. But he wants to speak with you. Do you want to hear him? Moses went out of his way to encounter God. He could have ran like I would have done. I want to invite the team, the worship team up here. I want to ask the prayer team to go ahead and come down front on my left and right. Today, if you feel like God is too preoccupied for you, like you're too insignificant, too broken, I need you to hear this. There is nothing more important to God than you. He loves you 
endlessly. He can and he wants to change your life. And finally, I wanna, I wanna talk about this. He also wants to use you to change the lives of other people. You get to pay that forward. God wants to work in your life. You get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You hear that term? How do you do that? You bless other people. And I don't just mean financially. That is a way. People need money. They need financial help. And maybe you have that to give. But maybe it's just your time. Maybe it's just a conversation. Someone to hear what they're going through. Maybe a shoulder to cry on. Maybe it's your talent. I've met so many people here who are electricians and lawyers and all these things. And they, they want to help they have skills that I don't, and they've offered them to me. They'll offer them to you. Are you doing that today? Are you offering your time and your talent? This church in its generosity, financially, is changing the lives of strangers, people we will never meet face to face. We do a lot, of, a lot of giving overseas. You know we give to India, and we meet a handful of them. We've met Sammy and a couple others, but we don't meet all these people who are being blessed by what this church is doing. Last year, Pastor Rick stood up here and challenged us, said he wanted to raise $100,000 to help the people of the Ukraine, and it happened almost overnight. We're changing the lives of strangers. We're changing the lives of people right here in the community with things like our food drive. So my challenge for you over this next 21 days, as you fast, and I hope you do, it is life-changing, it is important, don't just not eat or not do social media. Do what Pastor Dom said. Replace it with an intense focus on God. More time in prayer, more time in God's word. Make a list during these 21 days. This is my action step for you. Who are the people that I know that need help? Make a list. I don't care if it's two people, 30 people. And then ask yourself this. Do I have the means to be that help? If it's financial, do I have the money? If it's a skill set, do I have it? And act on it if you do. If you don't have the means, pray for them, absolutely. But try to help them find the means. It could be completely anonymous. If you know someone needs a plumber and you're not a plumber, try and find one that loves Jesus that will help people out. God wants to change your life. He wants to use you to change the lives of others. We're going to sing a song that I wrote years and years ago about a time that I desperately struggled with the idea that I was too insignificant for God to care. I knew he loved me on some level, but I thought he was just too busy. He's got a lot going on. Why would he worry about my struggles? And I had very specific struggles when I wrote this song, and I'll tell you this, God changed it. I watched him work in my life. He can work in your life. As we sing this song, our prayer team is there. They're ready for you. I don't care if it's a line of 30 people, if you need prayer, if you need to talk, if you're struggling with the idea of God loving you so deeply today, they'll wait, they'll talk with you. We'll have the words for this song up. You can sing along or you can just sit and read. Thanks for giving the Perry Hall Family Worship Center podcast a chance. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and if you want to know more, we've got everything you need at perryhall.life.